Hey everybody, welcome back to X. Welcome back to Expedition U. Jason Franklin here, as always, with producer Jack. Say hi, Jack. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right, and we are very honored, actually. Uh, you know, I met uh, this next guest, uh, James, at a uh, EXP conference for uh, EXP uh, Realty, and uh, just kind of hit it off eating uh, lunch on what I think. What were we at? Were we in uh, Florida, right? Yeah, Orlando. That's right. And uh, anyway, so, I mean, James brings a very eclectic, I think the eclectic is the right word, right? Kind of a yeah. uh, a mismatch of, you know, kind of figuring out where to be, what to do. So, I mean, and, and quote me, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but, uh, you know, on our intro stuff, you're kind of just giving a real quick, uh, went from homeless to selling homes, worked with the Harlem Globetrotter organization, and worked in the uh, professional music entertainment industry. Did yes. I get all that right? Yep, that's it. Awesome, man. Well, hey, you know, so what we do here at Expedition U is we really like to kind of break down um, where you're from, you know, kind of like a two-minute, this is me, backlog story, and you know, kind of where you went from, how you got from where you were to where you are, who built into you, you know, kind of like if you could find that one person somewhere in your life where you're like, man, if I hadn't known that guy, or if it hadn't been for this person, a mom, dad, brother, cousin, some dude you worked for, whatever, I wouldn't be here, you know, but even more importantly is as we continue to grow and develop in our personal journey, who are you bringing along with you? Who are you trying to uplift and who are you trying to take along? So, you know, go ahead and uh, give us your, uh, give us your backstory. I mean, where are you from? Where are you at? What are you going for? Uh, so a little bit about me is I am born in Los Angeles, California. Uh, after my parents retired, we moved to a small town uh, called Dry Prong, Louisiana. And uh, the best way that I like to always explain it is that there is, it's the only parish in the city or in the state that doesn't have a red light. Um, so that's <laughs> a pretty cool, cool fun fact. But, um, you know, I started off, you know, in, you know, the the sticks of the sticks, uh, super country. Um, and after I finished high school, um, I went down to Baton Rouge, uh, you know, went to school. Um, and then that's when music became, hey, you know, I, I like music. And, you know, a friend asked me if I wanted to DJ. And so that's how it all began. Uh, but I took music in, in a way to meet people, uh, make friends, and it eventually turned into, <clears throat> excuse me, the first uh, DJ for LSU Athletics, um, and nice. then that turned into, um, you know, DJing around like a lot of the clubs, the bars around town, and then that elevated into me getting into radio, uh, so I got so into radio. what age are you right there in that category? I mean, you're like 20, 22? Yeah, I was around 20, 20, around that 20 to 22 range. And so, so you had the entrepreneurial um, bug from like early on. Yeah, uh, since I was, you know, pretty young, but I never really understood that it was a business until the LSU opportunity came. And so I was like, oh, OK, maybe I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. <laughs> but uh, it it took off. And then, you know, my, my name got around town. Um, but I, I forgot, you know, very important fact. Um, while I was in Baton Rouge, I lost everything. I had that opportunity where my parents said, hey, you know, you can come home. And I chose not to. And instead, I stayed in a Motel 6 on Segan Lane. Um, and uh, I stayed there for seven days. And then I finally was able to get my own place. I, I locked myself away from all of my friends and family for about seven months. And then I came back out as the DJ death. And so, but 
during that time, as I came up with that name, a friend of mine uh, who I started with in the music business is he said, hey, we're making acronyms for our names and I want you to make one for yours. And I'll never forget it. I went into that hotel room and laid on the bed, cried my eyes out. And next thing you know, don't ever accept failure came. And that is, you know, uh-huh. a mantra for DJ Def. And I have said that to myself every single day since that day I was there. Um, but it's been I've been fortunate to let music. It went into radio, went into the clubs. It, it brought me all over, you know, the state um, for at that time. And then I said, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. And I got into real estate. I was like, oh, OK, I'm a pretty cool guy. And I can do all this stuff and everyone is going to work with me because I'm DJ Def. And as soon as I got my license, nobody worked with me. <laughs> so it was it was trying to balance because I was trying to play this, you know, Clark Kent and Superman guy. I don't want you to know that I'm a that kind of person. But after a while, I just said, you know what, I'm going to be me and I'm going to let it all go. And I'm going to just take this for how it is. I eventually, about six months later, got my license in Texas because I was in a relationship that was bringing me here to Dallas and the relationship didn't work out. And I fell, you know, downhill, got broke, lost everything. And during that time, that's when I started to say, okay, this is what I need to do. So I started, um, you know, getting more solid with my faith because my my dad, he was a preacher. So I got solid with my faith. I started writing. Um, I cut out a lot of, you know, extracurricular things that I was doing. Um, And then after that, I, my sister passed away. And next thing you know, I got a, I went out to LA and I was talking with my friend that works for Def Jam. He said, man, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to travel the world. I I said, I want to travel and DJ and do real estate. And in that moment, my phone rang, I was working with a client, which was one of my biggest sales at the time. And I said, that's how I'm going to do it. And he's like, and I was he was confused. And I said, if I have internet, a phone and a laptop, I can do anything I want to And about two weeks later, I got a call that changed my entire life. It was the Globetrotters. And they said, hey, you want to come on tour? And I was like, yeah, sure, whenever. And they said, all right, I'll see you Wednesday. And on a Monday, this was the call that happened. And I'm like, "Okay, see you next week. They're like, no, we'll see you in two days. So (laughs) I was like, "Um, I have all of these things going on with real estate and this. It doesn't really work for me. Yeah. So I I remember calling my friend, my best friend, and I was like, hey, man, I got this opportunity. Do you think I should take it? And he's like, I don't even know why you're calling me. I knew that was coming. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm over here feeling sorry for myself. And he was like, yeah, I'm going into the movies. We'll talk later. Bye. And and after that moment, uh, my parents, they came and helped me uh, get all of my stuff out. And my mom looked me dead in the eye and she said, this is what you asked for. And from that moment on, I did shows all over the world. In that in that period of time, I did about 150 shows, um, 22 to 25 countries. But I was doing real estate in Texas and Louisiana at the time. So I learned how to you know what? I don't need an office. I don't need to do what everybody is telling you to do. And I'm going to put a twist on it because I'm a DJ and I'm a realtor and my name is James Duff Merritt. So you can take it or you can leave it. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to have fun doing it. And uh, I never lied to anyone, but, you know, it brought me, you know, to where I am now. So you I know, guess it's the- funny. 
it's funny huh? that you mentioned what your mom said to you about, you know, this is what you asked for. I learned very early in life, you know, because I pray regularly. I have a, you know, I consider a, a good faith base. My, my language probably wouldn't reflect that sometimes because I tend to curse a lot, you know, but uh, I learned very early on that I am very specific in what I pray for. Because I learned yes. many, many years ago that if you ask very vaguely, God will give you his version of what he thinks you need. And so I stopped making vague <laughs> prayers because I got what I wanted, but it usually wasn't in the fashion that I had hoped for. You know, <laughs> so I got very specific in what it was that I was asking for, you know, or what I asked 100%. for help in. But, you know, the funny, the joke in my house, and, and this is not well received by everybody, but I have long since said that. I'm a middle-aged white dude in Texas, in America. I don't really have a whole lot to ask for. I kind of like, I hit the spot, you know? So like anything I want is pretty much out there if I'm willing to work for it, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, is there's so many people in Houston and Dallas and Texas in America, in the world that, man, everything that they have is such a struggle, right? I mean, they have to fight and scrape and claw for everything and we have so many opportunities in front of us you know and it's just I think that you know and, and this uh, it's a a very hot topic uh in fact I was actually uh just doing a refresh I was looking at your uh, Facebook page this morning and I saw that you had some thoughts on that new Bank of America program and, <laughs> yeah uh, you know and, and there's I mean they got blown up on social media over that you know but then at the same yeah. time I saw comments on there. They're like, you know, what about a program for middle age or middle middle income white people? And I was like, bro, I think that's like every other program in the world. <laughs> yeah, I think you got it right there. <laughs> I, I think you're okay. Just improve yeah. your credit score and part, start paying your bills on time. You'll be all right. You know. Yeah. But so so talked about uh, you know. So obviously you did a lot of traveling with your uh, with DJing, and then that gave you the exposure through relationships to work with the Globetrotters and traveled all over the world. You know, how has that shaped your view? I mean, so it's, it's one thing, like we live in this such a secular community, right? You know, Los Angeles is Los Angeles, you know, and Houston's the fourth largest city in the nation. But if you put Houston and Los Angeles next to each other, they're polar opposites. You might as well be in different countries, right? Yeah. I mean, just community, vibe, feel, language, arts, everything's completely different. So, you know, living in, in Los Angeles and then living in Louisiana, you know, first of all, those two are just like night and day, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then you go out <laughs> and you travel the world and then you come home to Texas. Did that, did that have an effect on how you, you see things? Absolutely. Um, at 100%, 1,000%, uh, because where I come from um, and a lot of my friends in, in high school that I grew up with, they, you know, you graduate, you, you work there and you get married and then that's pretty much your life. Or, you know, some people go to, you know, school, but some people come back, some people stay away. Um, but it, it had such a strong impact on how I viewed, you know, the world and how I viewed, you know, everything is because, I always wanted to stay grounded in who I am. I know where I come from. I, I know the people that have supported me. I know there's people out there that support me just to see me fail. And then I know that there's people that support me because they, you know, they truly want the best for me. But it really taught me that, you know, just because you're in one area, like there's so many different walks of life out there. 
and you can learn from them. They can learn from you. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. So as far as my my appreciation for the Globetrotters is, you know, it's I, I can't put it into words because of all of the things that they were able to do for me. Um, and they just exposed me to a different uh, perspective of life. And that also helped me transition into how I do things in real estate. How do I become a leader? Um, how do I, you know, break the ice with, you know, different people that I may not have been able to. And one of my sure. biggest icebreakers with people is I can I can see something or I can listen to them and then I'm like, oh, OK, cool. I've been there before. And they're like, oh, you have. And it's like it might be a small town. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, I used to travel with the Globetrotters and they're like, wait, are you are, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> what I used to do. And I'm so I'm thankful for it because I never have really truly saw it as a really big deal. But, you know, of course, now, you know, as I'm outside of that, I realized how big of a deal it was because that organization was so much bigger than me. And I was a part of something that was has embarked on, you know, impacted so many millions of people all over the world. Sure. Well, I don't know that. But the thing is, is, I mean, the association with that organization is yeah. always one that makes you smile, right? I mean, yeah. you know, because it's fun <laughs> and it's active. I mean, nobody's like damn Globetrotters. I mean, you know, there's nobody that doesn't <laughs> like the Globetrotters. They either don't right. know who they are or they like them, right? I mean, there, there's no right. in between, you know? I mean, so that's cool. I mean, so you started real estate early and then didn't ramp up immediately, right? I mean, it's something that you you kind of, you were in and then you had some other focuses and you were working on it, but then you came in heavy how long ago? Uh, I would say, you know, it's it's crazy because I would say, 2020 is whenever I said that, you know, this is where I'm going to buckle down. And if it wasn't for COVID, I probably would still be bouncing around. And I hold on to this video that I have in my phone. Um, and it was on Christmas Day when my dad brought me down for my, what was my last tour. And I was saying the whole entire time, this is my last tour. I am not going back. And I did a video for it. And sure enough, while I'm out there on the road, I was still kind of, you know, hands in different areas. And then um, I made the decision like, you know what, I am going to come back. And I feel like, you know, God's put his foot in the way and said, hey, nah, I'm not letting you do that. And so I got sent home just like the rest of everyone else. And sure. I was like, you know what, I need to be more tangible. If I really want to make this a success, I need to be more tangible to people um, just because they see what I can do away. But what what can I do, you know, while I'm here? What can I do if I can actually sure. get in the truck and go? And so it's really, truly helped me. So 2020 was really the start of it. And then, you know, going into, you know, the next year, I, I joined EXP at that time. And from from then on, it was just, you know, indescribable because I was able to work with quite a few people that helped me elevate to reach that icon level. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, because only about two percent of the agents like EXP. I mean, this isn't an EXP commercial, but I mean, at the same time, EXP is the fastest growing brokerage. You know, three years ago, they had 30,000 agents. Now they've got like 85,000 agents and only two percent of those agents make icon level. Right. I mean, now you have yeah. to take out the part timers, the I got my real estate license. I didn't want to pay a commission. I mean, you got all those those people in the lower aspect of our business. But even if you were just to look across the board as the real estate industry as a whole, 
I think the last time I looked, the average annual income for a realtor is like $48,000 a year, right? Like I couldn't yeah. pay my house note with 50 grand a year, right? I mean, so it's yeah. like mediocrity, you know, I have this, this tagline, which is not sexy, but it's mediocrity sucks, right? Yeah. I don't want to be average. Average is 40 pounds overweight and on a government program. You know, I don't, yeah. that's, that's not the life that I want to build for myself, for my wife, for my kids. Um, well, not for my kids anymore. They're all gone, but still, you know, <laughs> but you know, so who was it? If you just like five seconds had to pick the person that you said, man, I mean, and, and okay. You can't cheat and say your mom and dad. All right. I'm sure your okay. parents are amazing, but other than mom and dad, <laughs> Uh, if you had to pick that one person, like, man, if that person had not been there, if they hadn't fed into me, I wouldn't be who I am today. Who is that? Uh, well, God, uh, if it is my parents, it's God first. And uh, but outside of that human being is my best friend, Raymond, uh, Raymond Griffin. Um, he is, you know, a lot of, you know, some of the things that he's done um, It kind of you know, it's it's like people say you you are who you hang around with and. One of those things, it's like it's it's not, you know, it's not sexy, but it's real is I don't want to hang around losers. And so I want to be great. I don't want to if you're sitting there feeling sorry for yourself 100 percent of the time, do not be around me like I don't want to be around that. And so That's it's so important. Yeah, that's so important. You know, a lot of people don't they don't recognize that because especially and even more so in, in a best friend. Right. You know, because, you know, depending on how long you've known them, I've got friends that I've been friends with in, since sixth grade. And I mean, I'm 48. So that's been a minute. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. so I've been friends with people for 30 years or longer, actually. And, you know, the thing is, is that you get so used to personality types of being around these people that to be able to kind of step outside and, and really look and go, is this a healthy investment of my time, of my resources, of my life? Are they feeding into me? You know, something I, I say here in our office is that everyone in your life is either feeding you or feasting on you. Right. right? I mean, they're either they're either putting into you or they're taking from you. And I think that the ability to recognize that and, and, and your ability to say, hey, that person for me outside of God, mom and dad is is my best friend. Dude, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's huge. You know, to know that I can enjoy our time and it's going to be positive. We're both, we're both on the way up. No matter where I'm at, I'm always on the way up. You know, I mean, and I've been backwards. I've been forwards, you know, um, you know, I've got stories like yours. You know, I, I did a lot of drugs when I was really young and I remember standing outside my drug dealer's house when I was 17 and looking around. I mean, and like I came from a white picket fence, 2.5 kids, parents are still married, still love each other, you know, and I just, I made, those decisions that end me up in those weird places that I shouldn't have been. And, you know, by the grace of God, I met my wife in that really, really bad time of my life. And she just <laughs> elevated me and picked me up and was like, yeah, no, you're better than this. You need to, you need to quit that, you know, and it brought me up and the, you know, the 27 years later, here we are, you know, with, you know, still married, still love my wife, got three amazing kids running in a successful business and all these other things. But I think to go back to what you're talking about is, having that constant, having that person that you know is constantly feeding into you. And even when they're not feeding in you directly, they're challenging you, right? For I'm sure. assuming I mean, you've got a relationship like that with your friend, I'm sure, where they're like, you know, if they see you make a left when they know you should have gone right, they're going to call you out on the carpet. Oh, he'll tell me straight up. He's like, dude, well, he's he is probably the most 
honest, brutally honest person that I've ever met. <laughs> so is my wife. <laughs> and, then, and there are times where I'm like, dude, I I don't like this, but you know it's true. And you know, he he's told me that time and time again. He's like, man, you're 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 that's stupid. Why are you doing that? Why like no, and you have to have people like that because everyone, most everyone wants to be that, oh, yeah, the yes man, you know, and they don't want to sell you mm-hmm. everything, but you have to have that person that's going to be like, look, bring you back down to life. And, hey, you're making an, an idiot out of yourself and you have to do like a lot better than what you're doing because I know that you can. So that's an interesting statement. And I'm going to put you on the spot. How do you take that same relationship and build that into your business? Because, and again, I'm not dogging my clients, but we've all had those clients that make dumb decisions or, you know, they're not writing when they should, or they're not making offers or they, you know, they come in with a ridiculous value. I mean, so how do you approach working with clients? And like you said, you know, keeping it real. I mean, you don't want to burn the client, but at the same time, you're setting a reasonable expectation because that's a pitfall for a lot of new agents is that, like you said, they turn into yes men, right? Yes, I can list it for that. Yes, I'll show you 45 houses. You know, yes, I'll do this. And they're not valuing their capabilities, their time, their resources. So how do you how do you parlay that line of thinking into your business? I like to set the expectation before we get started um, because, you know, I don't want to go out there and open, you know, 40 doors, you know, I want to make it sure that we're specific, you know, and and getting down to the point, but it's, and that's something that has been a challenge for me because I tell a few of my friends, I'm like, I don't want to be the 2016 DJ Def at 1.30 in the morning on a microphone calling everyone out just because I'm drunk and, you know, I can do that because I have that power. I want to Make sure that I'm, you know, channeling my energy and making sure I'm presenting it to you in a way that you understand. So I, I always try and, you know, just make sure they understand like, hey, you know, this is be realistic about where we at. What are we doing? And, you know, making sure that you are comfortable with the decisions that you're making. But what we won't do is we won't like compare this to selling OC or, you know, like anything like that. I'm not about to do that. You can see three houses, then you have to pick one. Yeah, and then we're <laughs> going to offer one point four nine 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 nine. No, that, yeah. that is not how this goes. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's interesting that you say that because, I mean, the thing is, is I love the fact that, and kind of what I hear, or at least maybe this is just a preconceived thought, is that you're using a lot of qualifying criteria, right? You know, um, my wife, I use one of the big things in my life that I do constantly is what I call pre-framing. Right. You know, so I preframe a conversation. I preframe everything to the point that my wife's like, and I'll be talking to her about something and I'm still in work mode. And she'll like, stop preframing me and tell me what you want. You know, it's like I get caught, I get caught doing it at home and I get in trouble, you know, but I think that's so important because I think a lot of agents and not even agents, let's not even qualify it there. It's because anybody that's listening to this podcast, that's in business, you know, you have that, that fear wall, right? I don't want to, I don't want to say that, or I don't want to ask them that because, you know, that might upset them or that might hurt their feelings or that might do this, or I don't want to ask them if they have the money. Cause that just sounds rude, you know, or, yeah. you know, and so getting past that fear wall by having a series of qualifying questions, you're, you're not only servicing yourself and your time and your abilities, but you're, you're making yourself able to assist that person 
in a more honest and connected business relationship. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Because, you know, what I've, I've always wanted to do was, you know, I've, I've the way that I looked at DJing uh, whenever I was all the like nonstop is it's like psychiatry, you know, or, you know, you're playing music. And it's not about the people that are dancing in front of you. It's about the person, whether you're at a wedding, a club, anywhere else, you know, you might see someone that's leaned up on the wall and they're singing. You might see someone that's sitting down and they're tapping their foot or bobbing their head. You know, those are the people that you want to make sure that you're you're paying attention to. And even in, in real estate, uh, one of my, my favorite things is like even with with music is that you don't a DJ isn't someone that just plays, you know, all of the hits or, you know, all of the set, like it's not nothing like that. And I feel like it's the same thing with real estate. It's like you can play, you can sit in all of these homes, but it's that one home that they that you would never expect. And that might be that one. And it might need some work. It might not be, but it can turn the whole in, in, the whole, you know, energy around and people like that. So I like to narrow everything down and just be truly specific, but treat it the same way that I did with with music. And even in the music, like music business, it's like, you know, it's the same thing. It's just in a different ball field. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the guy leaning against the wall or the person sitting down tapping their foot, because those are the people that if you can connect to them will be clients for life. Like the guy right. that's up in the middle of the dance floor making a fool of himself and just having a good time. Those are the layup clients. That's the rare client that walks in and goes, hey, I'd love to make an offer on this house. And you're like, cool, let's write it up. You know, but you get like two of those a year. You know, the people that are the wallflowers that they're sitting in the back, they want to be engaged. You can tell that they that they want to do more, but they're they're nervous or they're scared or, you know, I don't know how to dance, you know, or whatever until that right song comes on or whatever. You know, and so you're you're constantly kind of curtailing to that, that lowest common denominator of, okay, cool. These guys out here are going to dance no matter what I play, right? They're just going to, they're just in it. How do I, how do I engage the peripheral, you know, and in our business, I think it's very, very much the same as you have those confident buyers, first, second, third, fourth time buyers that just, they know it, they get it. I want a three, two, I want a good school district. This is what I want. I'm good for two fifty. Let's go. And then you've got those other people are like, man, I'm really tired of paying rent. But, you know, I had a guy that I had a buddy and I mean, he got raked over the coals trying to buy a house. I don't I don't think I want to mess with that. You know, I mean, and so that's where building that relationship, being confident in what you know and how you can do that and really listening to them, which is a hard for because most successful agents, much like myself, I'm, I'm diagnosing myself you know, have diarrhea of the mouth, right? And they just can't stop talking. <laughs> they never know when to stop selling. And so really having that pre-frame like you're talking about and setting those expectations, you know, it's like I tell my clients all the time, it's just as important for us to walk in a house that you don't like as it is for us to walk into a house that you're going to buy. Because most buyers don't know what they want. I mean, they have an outline, right? I mean, they know they want a three, two, two in a good school district. Cool. Do you want open concept? Yes, I do. Okay. Have you ever lived in an open concept where the dishwasher is three feet from your TV? You know, when you turn on the dishes, you can't hear the TV. I mean, you know, and, and there's yeah. there's a thousand what ifs, you know, and so building that relationship early on, I think is is important. So yeah, move on to our next portion i mean I, it's obvious i mean you're going to be successful in real estate you'd be successful selling you know 
water bottles on the street corner. I mean, you know, because that's a, it's a mind frame and never accept defeat. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Never accept failure. Yeah. <laughs> um, never, ever accept failure. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, is when you carry that forward, you know, most people that have been through what you've been through and succeeded in the level that you're succeeding are, are feeding into or have a natural desire to, to bring people up. Right. You know, whether it's a, an intern or somebody on your team or someone in your personal life, you know, what does that look like for you? Is there anyone or is there any focus you have that you're trying to, to feed into that next generation, either, you know, by age or by business or anything else? Yeah. Um, you know, I, my, my hometown, um, and, you know, I often will try and go back maybe, you know, two, maybe three times out of the year just to speak to the kids um, and the students in uh, the junior high or the high school, just to let them know like, Hey, you know, and it always, it's always the same thing. It's I don't ever lead off with the things that I've, you know, been fortunate to do. I, you know, kind of give a backstory. This is who I am. This is where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll start, you know, dropping some of the names of people that I know that they, they are like, Oh, I know that guy. And yeah, they start to raise their eyebrows and it's like, oh, I got you, huh? You didn't think that, yeah, I'm a kid just from the same town and you mm-hmm. can do the same exact thing. And I actually would want you to do better than what I've done. So sure, I always try and give back to people that are younger than me, even if it's people that are in the business. Like I have a, a really good friend of mine out in Alabama. She started and she would call me almost every single day because she's like, man, the people in my office, I don't know, like they, I just feel like they're not helping me. And, and now she's, you know, she's killing it. I mean, unfortunately she's with a different brokerage, but uh, you know, that's what it is. But I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy to, you know, share some of the things that I didn't really know or understand whenever I was coming into the business. But now that I know them, I'm happy to do that. But not even outside of real estate, just making sure that people can understand, like, you know, whatever your circumstance is, you do have an opportunity to, you know, make it better for yourself. No, I agree agree completely. You know, uh, so I was a professional martial artist for, I don't know, 12 or 14 years or something like that. And, you know, I always taught my students and I I believe this to this day is that the best way to learn is to teach. Right. You know, and, you know, in that industry, we always said the best questions came from white belts, not black belts. You know, that seven-year-old white belt would hit you with a question. You're like, bro, I have never thought of that. I mean, it's just so outside. And so it, it takes you down a different path. And, you know, it grows us as an individual, but it also feeds us. There is nothing cooler. You know, so we have 16 agents on our team now. And, you know, I love watching them grow. I mean, that's, I mean, the money is the money and I make good money and I, that's so great, you know, and I mean, I wouldn't get rid of that because I like money, you know, <laughs> but that being said, what I really get off on is watching these individuals grow and, and grow up around me. Uh, you know, Jack, uh, producer Jack over here is a great example. You know, he was actually a student of mine when you were what, 12, he started when he was 12 and now he's getting married wow. next week, you wow. know? And so in, I mean, and this kid is ridiculous. He's got a degree in nursing. He's got a degree in biology. He's got a master's in finance. And he was like, I think I'm going to go sell real estate. <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> Let's just go about right, everything right. else. That we... 
Yeah, I eliminated everything else I possibly could have wanted to do, and I decided I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, but watching him grow and watching him get married, and I mean, you know, watching him grow financially and you know, physically. I mean, he's I would say spiritually, he's already much stronger spiritually than I am. Uh, you know, he's really, really grounded. But what that that to me is what I I really am passionate about is you know because you know it, maybe it's a midlife crisis I don't know, but I mean that whole like I want to leave my mark somewhere. And if I can leave it in a positive fashion and your friend in Alabama, you know, and I bet your, your best friend, you said, Jerry, right? Uh, Raymond. Right. Wow. I was way off. Um, <laughs> Raymond. I mean, you know, I bet if somebody sat down and talked with him, he would probably say the same thing about you that you're saying about him. I mean, to know that, that you've had an impact somewhere, a positive impact, because I had a lot of negative impact when I was young. Right. I mean, cause I was kind of a turd, you know, but <laughs> I, I grew out of it and, you know, got positive and, everything else. And so I think, you know, we reached this point where you're like, man, this is good. You know, the money comes, the money goes, the jobs come, the jobs go, you know, DJing was a phase working with the Globetrotters was a phase, you know, and, and it's a portion of my life, but it, it was what I did. It's not who I am. Right. You know, I mean, it, yeah. and being able to grow beyond that, I think is, is so fulfilling. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very like it's they're all faces. And, you know, I, I tell there's so many people, even with like DJs that are, are coming up and I, I see it. I mean, well, one thing that is very comparable in real estate and DJs or is ego. <laughs> the oh, ego boy, yeah. So huge. And it's like, oh, I did this much sales and I killed the club. And I'm like, I'm over here at the point now. I was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, that's, that's cool. Like, that's what's up. All right. And they're just kind of caught off guard. And I'm like, no, like, I don't, I don't care to do that. Like, I don't care to have that ego anymore because I've had it. And even whenever I did have that ego, I lost everything. So I'm, I'm actually scared to have an ego like that. But, and which is why I think whenever we had met, I barely even spoke on some of the things that I had done, especially like the, the Globetrotter situation. It's like, I've done some pretty cool things. I've, you know, I've worked with the Globetrotters. I've worked with 50 Cent. You know, I, I, you see, you know, I got a few cool platinum plaques on my wall. So it's like, it's cool. But, you know, I don't really speak on it because, and I'm very humbled and, and blessed by it. But at the same time, I don't want to let that get in the, ahead of who I am and my character because well, again, that goes back to what we were just talking about. That's, that's right. what I did. It's not who I am. Right. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, that's cool. And yes, I accomplished those things and that's cool. And it, and it fed into what I have become, but I'm over here now. Yeah. Right. You know, that, that's an experience that I share and I'm happy to share that experience with you, but it, that, that doesn't define me. Right. You well, know I mean? And the fun and and the same thing can be said though for that 17 year old me that was doing drugs underneath the bridge in downtown Houston that's something i did but that's not who i am it doesn't define me and so right. in the same fashion you know that ego right um you know and i deal with houston is a tough market man yeah, i mean we got these <laughs> agents like i'm very very proud of the fact that i'm very good friends with the largest real estate team in exp in the world they did 600 35 million in sales last year wow. with like, with like 19 agents. <laughs> right. I mean, we're going to do 50 million this year and I'm like, woohoo, you know, 
you know, and so, but, and they're really, really great and they're humble and they, you know, but they've got all these businesses and all the stuff they do. And I mean, they're like, Hey man, you want to meet up for a sandwich? You know, but then I meet these other people that are doing like 10 million a year and their shit doesn't stink and you, they won't answer phone calls. And they're like, I don't work weekends. I don't answer the phone after five. I'm like, bro, really? Oh man. <laughs> I just, uh, I was on my bachelor party and I, an agent, uh, I was telling her yesterday and she was, she didn't realize that I was on my bachelor party. She's like, you know, you're, you were answering your phone. I'm like, yeah, like it make money and I also got a client that I have to I you know I told them that this is what I was going to do and so that's that's part of my job so you know it doesn't stop but you know you you still want to be respectful of other people's time it's all about knowing the person rather than the accolades that they have awesome man so here's the last question what's your moonshot what is where are you headed you know where is where is 70 year old James gonna look back and go I did that uh, seven, seven years from now? No, 70 year old. Oh, so 70, 70 year old. James going to look back and go, yeah, I killed that. This is what I did. What is that? Uh, probably living his best life with, uh, my soon to be wife <laughs> with my soon to be wife and just talking crazy trash to my kids and grandchildren being like, <laughs> yeah, like that ain't nothing, but that's like, a great answer. <laughs> Being that guy, but uh, you know, that's I just, so funny because everyone that I ask that question, it's like I'm gonna make fifty million dollars. I'm gonna build this thing, and you're just like, bro, I'm gonna be sitting on a porch talking mad crap to my grandkids, doing absolutely nothing. Because I watched my dad. He, they, well, my parents, they graduated when not graduated. He uh, retired, I believe, when he was like close to sixty. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, you know, that was a long time ago, but I I want to be, you know, living a life where I don't have to worry about anything financially. I want to make sure that my family is okay, my my kids or their kids' kids and building now for something that they can, you know, take a and, and, and you know, make a legacy even bigger. So it's not yeah, that's necessarily an awesome answer. Yeah. So that's fantastic. I don't, do, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I want to just enjoy everything. I, I want to enjoy it all and just say and look back and be like, I did well. So, James, you're up in the Dallas market, correct? Yeah. So how can people reach out to you if they're looking to do something up in the Dallas area, if they're looking to connect? Uh, always on well social media or um, any social media or my phone number. It, I am truly not hard to find. Um, you know, 318-451-7437. That's my phone number. Uh, you know, social media at DJ underscore Def, D-E-A-F. And uh, on Facebook, James Merritt. Uh, that's really it. Um, you know, I, I do my best to answer accordingly. Um, and, and I'm here to, I don't care if you're buying a huge house. I don't care if you're buying, you know, 30,000 house. You're going to get the same experience. That's awesome, man. Well, James, hey, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. You have a fantastic story. And I know that that's, uh, there's somebody on this podcast that needs to hear that story. You know, I tell everybody that everybody has a story that somebody needs to hear, right? Now, maybe not everybody, but there's somebody in that audience that's like, man, I needed that. I needed to hear that. I uh, love hearing the rise and fall and the upward scope. Congratulations on the impending marriage. I'm sure she's amazing. Um, and uh, we wish you all the best, and we'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Have a great day, and don't forget, hit the subscribe button, and uh, come back every week for Expedition U.
Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon.